Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. Every day I get to help women rise and find their own healing despite their circumstances. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. If you're looking for just betrayal topics, catch me on my former podcast where there are four years of golden content, all for free at your fingertips. All right, let's do this. I'm excited for today's podcast episode because I have my friends, my business partner, Matt and Molly Elmer with me today. And we're going to talk about how to consciously parent, which may seem really confusing. So they're (laughs) going to explain it for us. But first, let me talk about who these guys are and why. Well, let me just tell you this. I met Molly through the internet. Yes, you did. (laughs) Yes, you did. And that's kind of the weird part is social media for me can be just a really beautiful place. Some of my best friends have come through yeah, social media. It's, pretty cool. it's crazy. So, um, we met years ago, but Molly is a homeschooling mom of 10 years. She's a lover of all things, Harry Potter. She enjoys moving her body through running, lifting, hiking, and now roller skating with me. I love it. She enjoys traveling, adventuring, and reading about or reading, but what she loves most is being with her people. Matthew is a serial entrepreneur who works with influencers and businesses who want to create professional online educational resources. He helped me do my online courses. Um, He has uh, been fascinated with developing healthy wholeness in life by studying the roles of human psychology, neuroscience, quantum physics, and personal development principles, um, how they play in finding happiness. Matthew owns several businesses focused on expanding emotional intelligence in corporations and helping entrepreneurs attract the success they desire more naturally while maintaining their authentic selves. Currently, they are launching their new podcast, um, talking about the insights of life, parenting, and business, and it is called Out of Control. And I'm excited for that podcast because that's why you're here today. I love all the things that you guys, we have really great conversations all the time and we always have, we laugh so hard. We cry. And then also we're like, this is the meaning of life. So that's why you're here today. Awesome. (laughs) So thank you. Um, so I guess in a short sum it up, what is conscious parenting to you? I'll let Molly talk first. Cause I know I'm going to talk a lot. (laughs) Um, conscious parenting. I think is taking a mindful and intentional approach to parenting. Um, There's no manual book. There's no how to, there's no really one right way. There's so many ways. There are so many ways to do it. And we've kind of always done it in an unconventional way. (laughs) And I love that. Yeah. I I think the cool thing about conscious parenting is not, it's not about righteous parenting. It's not about the right parenting. It's not about, it's, it's not about a certain way of parenting. Now there's things that maybe we'll share that, that lead to this, but it's, it, it's about the idea that we are all interacting as souls on this earth. And we all do, we all have, we come with different like skills and abilities and our kids have different skills and abilities. And, and so we're, we're really just trying to consciously be in this together rather than I know the way follow that way. And if you do, you'll be okay, which yeah. is how most of us, I think we're taught. 
Yeah. And we were just talking about this in my group this morning. We're just, we're a different generation. We have more information out there. Yeah. I mean, we can follow people on social media. They're telling us how to consciously parent and we can say that works for me. I'll mm -hmm. try that. And that doesn't work for me. So we can piece it together. Our, the generations before us didn't have that. Yeah. So yeah. we know more now mm -hmm. and we can do better. And the, the reality of that is it's daunting. We have a lot to do as parents and a lot yeah. to teach. Yeah. And like you were saying, Molly, there's no easy button. Yeah. Um, which for me specific leaving organized religion, it was like, oh crap, there's no easy button anymore. I was relying on their teachers of Sunday school or in their, you know, young women's groups to go and teach them the characteristics of a Christ-like life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're doing stuff at home, but now what do I do? Yeah. How you, do I teach? You kind of have to start over mm -hmm. and really figure out what our values are rather than just our beliefs. Yeah. And then, you know, then I got divorced and I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. I'll do this anymore. And truly like going from one house to the other, every other week, I've, I haven't parented the way I want to in the last year. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I started talking to Molly, what, a month ago about how are you guys doing Sundays? Because I want to be more intentional. And I've seen you guys be so intentional and conscious about parenting mm -hmm. that, you know, share even just that little tip you gave with me about what Sundays can look like, whether or not you have religion or not. Yeah. So, um, our Sundays, we call it spiritual time, but it really encompasses anything, um, spirituality, um, personal growth, anything that's going to better ourselves individually or together as a family. And we kind of have a loose time period where we like to try to do it. And let's just say it didn't start out super pretty, <laughs> which is the, like, we don't always see the reality, right? Yeah. We see the end product, like, look how awesome our Sundays are. And how did you get there? Yeah. I want to <laughs> record them because like, they're like, I think when people hear us talk about them, they're like, oh, that's so great. And honestly, sometimes it's, it is, it is freaking magical. There's, like sometimes there's more it's great awesome. Days. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it seems like it's, it's getting more that way, but there's also days where it's, I mean, well, here's the thing. Part of what we're, what we were trying to figure out is like, well, okay. So I'll rewind a little bit. And, and if you're going to try to get here, the first thing that happens, especially if you've had a structure, then you let that go mm. is the, I call it like testing the foundation. Right. So like when, when things started to, when my old belief systems fell apart, the first thing I had to do was like, go hit on all the rocks and mm. see which ones I could still stand on. And so I think that that's the, so, so whether you've had a past belief system and you're adopting a new one, or, you know, there's a lot of people just, maybe they're having their first kids yeah. or they're, it's, it's a new stage of life, or maybe they're just finally realizing like just the haphazard way of not really trying to do anything is really getting chaotic and just making life more and more crazy. And so they're like, okay, I need something different because the craziness is not working. I'm just yelling at my kids. I'm just trying to control them because when we fail to influence, we resort to control. Mm -hmm. And so, and so we we're just trying to control our kids into being what we want, but they don't, they're reaching to figure out what it is that they're supposed to be. Yeah. So, so the first thing is like to test the foundations. And I think that we can all, we can have different foundations. And for us, one of the foundations that was important was the power of, of time together yeah. focused on growing that spiritualness. And, and for us, spirituality is just simply the relationship we have to ourselves 
And, and we believe that, that we find God as we develop that relationship with our, I, I believe that, that I find God more as I develop a relationship with myself. Isn't that, I mean, it sounds so simple mm-hmm. and it is, mm-hmm. but yet it's so, when I stepped into that, I was like, Oh my gosh, I actually don't know how to do this. Yeah. There isn't a book on that either. <laughs> you should write a book on that. Matt. <laughs> Got to got to work on. I don't know if that'll be well. There, there's elements of it. Well, well, I think especially if you come from any sort of Orthodox Christian model, there's sort of it can be believed. And I don't think that everybody has this from that model, but but a lot of people, what we start to think is there's us, and then there's our thoughts and behaviors, mm-hmm. and then there's God, and it's like we're trying to align our thoughts and behaviors so that we can connect with God. And for me, that that was that was that that left me in a lot of place of shame when any any time my thoughts or behaviors were not in line, then I was like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Can't connect. Yeah. And and I was teaching that to my kids, too. And so for me, one of the the, the foundation was that if if I instead of judging my thoughts and behaviors, I started to observe them. Mm -hmm. Then I started to get to this place where I could feel myself as the observer. Now, when I start to watch and observe things. To me, that's a split that that's where God is. So instead of having to go outward to find God, it's this inward look that to find God. And so, so for us, the spiritual time is about how do we help our kids look inward mm-hmm. at how they're being with each other. Um, the other day we had a conversation. We were talking about how sometimes we were reading a book by a guy named Bob Berg, who I'm working with as well. Mm-hmm. Amazing guy. And, and he wrote a book called Adversaries into Allies. And so we were just basically, we read a couple chapters a week on Sundays. Yeah, and we discuss. And we discuss. And so one of the principles was how we sometimes when we're, when we're trying to gain, you know, influence, we sometimes will use shaming people or, mm-hmm. or embarrassing them. Yeah. And so, you know, we kind of asked, have you, any, have you all had this experience with yourself? So one of the things we do at that spiritual time is it's not just, oh, let's just read something good. And then, okay, we all read that. It's good. It's like, how does this apply to you? Is anybody willing to own? And I try to do this. Molly does a good job of this, of, of showing how we struggle yes. with that thing. Ourselves. Which is my favorite thing yeah. to be able to say, like, I'm human too, kid. Yeah. And this yes. is what it looked like when I was your age or even right now. Yes. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know why the last generation missed that, but I felt like that was like, they felt like they, and I can imagine the pressure to that standard yeah. that they had to be this perfect example for us. Yeah. Whereas our kids were like, yeah, we're not real good at this too. We're, we're figuring this out. <laughs> our kids definitely know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. If not, they'll point it out to <laughs> Yeah. But for me, I didn't know my parents were real till I was about 16. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I hurt your feelings when I say mean things oh. or, oh, you have your own stuff. Like you don't just get married and it's easy. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So do you remember that conversation that we had with him about bar- embarrassing and how that kind of went down? I know. How Ben and Ben and Nick were kind of right. So Nick, yeah. ca- Nick kind of opened up. And so we were and so, Nick? so Nick's 11 and he was like, he, he started crying because hmm. he was like, you, you sometimes embarrass me. And, and, and the first natural reaction, like we all would is Defend. Ben got yeah. defensive. Yeah. He's like, well, well, you know, da, da, da. and I go, I go, Ben, I go, this is not about criticizing you or making you feel less than, but this is an opportunity for you to own maybe something that you could work on, which is really cool, dude, because that's power the power that you have to make a difference in this and then impact your brother's life. Like, that's awesome. So you can, if I get that it's not uncomfortable and he's, he's a pretty reflective kid. And so he'll, he sat with it and he's like, yeah, I, I think I do that because, and he oh kind of shared why he, he, he did that thing. And so to me, that's what we're trying to get our kids to have the ability to do, to, to, to recognize these principles. So one of our principles that's really big, that I'm not great at, but it is important is ownership. Like mm-hmm. we own our stuff. 
right? And I think you're good at that. At least in the uh, ask Molly. Molly. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> not, I'm not in a relationship with you. I am in a business partnership yeah, yeah, and okay. you own your stuff in that yeah. realm. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate that. I, I, I highly value that. Right. And the thing we, things we value often we'll pay attention to and, yeah. and we do better at, but, but also know I have a pattern from a long history of not owning my stuff and kind of, you know, anytime, you know, I, I'm quick to try to, well, it's your fault or it's, it's, it was this fault. It's somebody else. Oh, yeah. You know, somebody Blame me, shame everyone yes, else. <laughs> exactly. So, so I think, and I think that's the other thing about conscious parenting is it's, it's not about I'm the perfect example, going back to what we were saying. Yeah. Right. It's, but I, but I'm clear what the principles that are important are. So I'm not a hypocrite because I'm willing to own when I don't live up to that, but I'm, but I'm honoring the principle that I do believe is important. And I'm sharing that with you. And then we're working on it together. We're yeah. in this together. So what I kind of observe about mm-hmm. you two is that you seemed more soft with your approach with your kids, where you're taking a minute to just breathe or even have that thought of like, Hey, of course you feel defensive. That's human, but look at it this way. Whereas, you know, as a unconscious parent, we can just jump in and stop being mean don't, you know, and we don't actually explain what we're trying to get across. And so even if it's the one thing we take from this podcast of just slow down mm-hmm. yeah, and have that softer approach, Molly's, I know is really good at that. Matt, I don't know how great it is that you are. I see it with Molly. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't see it with kids with you. I get to see Molly parenting he's, more. He's pretty good at it. Yeah. But it hasn't always been that way for us. No, but when I think when you do slow down, there's uh, more opportunity and space for connection. Yeah. When you try to control everything, it's because you have certain expectations on how you want something to turn out. And it most of the time doesn't go that way. Right. And the crazy part is control in a relationship of any kind. Mm -hmm. It does the opposite. Yeah. And I know that firsthand in all of my relationships of like, let me control this and I'll be bossy and I'm going to do all the things. And then I don't get any of the rewards that I want. Yeah. And I wonder why. And it's for me, it's that zoom out. It's still, it's been on my phone screensaver for, I don't even know, maybe a year, breathe, ground and zoom out. Yeah. I'm yeah. just like, Ashlyn, slow the heck down because I want to react. Yeah. And well, not respond. Well, what are, what have, what have been some of the things, because I, I feel like you've really um, had some awesome evolutions. And I, I think everybody looks at you and you're like, oh, you homeschool. You're so patient. You're so, you're, you're <laughs> all these things. She's shaking her head. No. Right. And, and so, but, but I will say that I've watched you become more patient. I've watched you become more conscious in the, so what, what are some of the things that you think have made the difference for you. I think I had a big shift. So we have two teens and then, you know, a kind of a tween. Mm -hmm. And when all my kids were younger and you're in the thick of physically taking care of humans, it's exhausting. And I thought, I can't wait till they're teenagers because they just won't need me as much. And it's not that way. They just need you in a different way. They need Mm -hmm. you to be able to show up emotionally holding space for them. And I think sometimes, I mean, I fall into the trap that I just expect them to know what to do. Probably when our oldest was like 14, 15, Mm -hmm. it was really hard homeschooling year. (laughs) And me and my oldest, we just butt heads. Some of our best qualities we share and some of our hardest (laughs) qualities we also share. (laughs) That's the butting head. And I remember Matt one day was like, well, have you taught them how to do that? And I had to step back and be like, no, I just, 
I wanted them to do it. So I just expected it. Oh yeah. man. That is like classic parenting though. Yeah. Of like, don't cross the street. What the heck's a street? Yeah. Like yeah. we don't, we, we forget how basic we jump to like step 55 yes. instead of starting at, you know, step one. I think it's natural. Like, especially in the world we live in, like efficiency is so valuable, right. To be really efficient. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, and Stephen Covey talks about this. Efficiency is not always the best way to manage relationships. Yeah. Right. What's efficient is not always what's effective. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so when we, when, and, and I think recognizing that most frustration comes from mismatch expectation. Yeah. So if I'm frustrated, where is my expectation at? And is it an appropriate level of expectation? If they're frustrated, where's their expectation at? Yeah. Is that coming from me? Did I set that expectation inappropriately or ineffectively? And, and then is that adding the stress on them? That's causing them to feel what they're feeling. Um, to me that, that little principle there is super highly valuable. It's just looking at anytime frustration shows up, it's like, okay, what are the expectations that are circling around in this Mm. world for me, for them? And usually there's something to uncover there. That's like, oh, and, and I think that part of consciousness, whether it's parenting or relationship is okay. Well, what did I do to impact how that's showing up in my son? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then I think the other thing that I've learned from Molly too, is that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm, I'm a problem solver. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes the, the being with someone is more important. And so I, you know, I don't know that we're qualified to really teach anything on parenting other, you know, really is anyone right. But you know, well, there's guys that study it and they go to, you know, they get their degrees and, and there's people with papers and you know, letters after their name that I don't have, you know? And so, so, so maybe they're better to be listening to. Um, the, 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 the thing that I feel really good about and, and what I want for any other parent is the relationship I have with my kids. Yeah. Like that's, that to me is the only qualifier. And, and what that means to me is one, I have kids that talk to me now. Do they You're talk safe. to me about everything? Yeah. I, the, no, they're, they, in fact, like I remember one time Tyler had a bad night and we had really been in this good stage in our relationship. We were talking about a lot of things. We were really open with each other. And, you know, I just wanted to go over to him just like, okay, let's talk about it, buddy. And, and I think Molly even might've said something to me, but it was like, Hey, you know what? Maybe he's not in a place where he emotionally is ready to talk about it. And so I just went over to him and I said, Hey, you know, I know I feel comfortable talking about this tonight. I'm sensing maybe you're not either way is okay. But when you're ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. I love that. That goes for any relationship. True. True. Right. right. But sometimes we, I especially forget to take one thing that's working in one relationship and put it into all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Here's, here's one of my dilemmas is I have, um, really messy kids in their (laughs) bedrooms. So in the house, I'm like, Hey, you're going to help keep it clean. Especially when they're gone once a week, my house is clean and it's quiet. Mm -hmm. And then the minute they get back, it's like, (laughs) there's stuff everywhere. And so I've allowed them to keep their bedrooms as they are, but I say, Hey, we need to clean it up. Like it's chaos and chaos. We don't feel good in it, even though you think you feel good we function better when it's clean. Right. Well, the more we talked about it because my expectations were not being met and they were feeling frustrated with me, we just kind of get compromised a little bit Mm -hmm. and it's still not where I want it to be Mm -hmm. and probably not where they want it to be, but we're at least functioning and Mm -hmm. we're doing better. And that is my youngest Ellie, my redhead. She likes everything. (laughs) She said, my brain works better when I can see my clothes on the floor. And I was like, 
really? Is that true? Like you really can't function when they're hanging in your closet. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it stresses me out when they're hanging. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, let's, let's, I'll help you with this and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll figure out. So we got some, you know, different things that could help her organize quicker. Mm-hmm. And so, but then she cleans up and is like, oh, it does feel good. I do like this. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but I like all my stuff on the floor, mom. I like all my journal or my jewelry and my makeup, everything on the floor. I don't want it on my vanity. Okay. So I, instead of like every week trying to make her clean it up and put on her vanity, I got her all these little bins from the dollar store. Mm-hmm. And I just said, okay, they at least have to be in their bins, mm-hmm. put them in their bins on the floor. And she's been doing that. So okay. it's like, I'm not doing it right. And it's not how I want it to be, but I'm at least giving them an opportunity to say, Hey, help me find solutions then. So we're not butting heads mm-hmm. yeah. every time you either leave to go to your dad's or come home. Yeah. Cause I was for a time cleaning up their bedroom mm-hmm. when they were gone, mm-hmm. just yeah. like, ah, oh, so frustrated. And that's not helping them. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, well, I think you did it beautifully. It, it's not how you would keep your bedroom, but Ellie, Ellie loves it. And it's, picked up, you know, things have places to go a yeah. home to be in. She says her brain works better that way. So like, well, oh. and I think it's definitely true. You know, the, the, there's definitely people, I, I am a much less organized person than Molly. I think the interesting thing with kids though, is we always like, and, and this is maybe the challenge, like they're so good at manipulating. Right. Oh yeah. And so in the name of, of, I want to be lazy, they've learned to be like, Hey, my brain doesn't work that way, or this is causing me anxiety or whatever. And it's like, okay, do kids really have anxiety? Absolutely. Do they really have those things? Yeah. And, and so to me, it's like, okay, well, can we, can we talk about that? Mm -hmm. Can we talk, can we find a principle that we can both agree on? And, and so I think that, and, and maybe, you know, sometimes like I would, if, if in, in that kid, like to me and, and every kid's a little different, right. And, and every relationship's different. And, and so sometimes I get the benefit of years of investment. And like, if someone else will go to try the same thing I try with my kid, it wouldn't work mm. because I've, I, it's like, it's like Stephen Covey talks about the, the emotional bank account. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have, there's certain things with my kids. I have really big deposits. And then there's other things I don't have like that actually bank account is kind of weak. Mm-hmm. And so, but, but sometimes it's like, okay, so if I was really like committed, like I really think then I might actually find some, some studies on the value of organization. And, and I might share that with them and then get their thoughts on it. Mm. So, so they're participating and, and, and you did this too. Like you, you gave them the ability to participate in the decision-making. Right. And that's the, to me, that's the key. And that's the second major principle that I think ownership is one. And then the second is the value of decision-making. Mm. Like if our kids don't know how to make decisions, their value to the world is diminished. I, I, and I was teaching, like, I was talking to Ben and Tyler about this. And so I was talking to, I was like, so why does your manager make more money than you? I mean, he, he works the same amount of hours, doesn't he? Right. Mm. Or, you know, or, or like yeah. when you're working, why does he make more money per hour than you do? And he's like, uh, I don't know. He's the manager. I was like, well, well, really, but why? And so we talked about decision-making, right? Like how many decisions do you have to make when you're putting the sandwich together? Right. It's not a lot of decisions. Whereas that manager has to decide who's working, how many people are working, how long is their shift going to be? There's, there's more decision-making. Therefore, their value is higher, which is why they get paid more. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make more money in life, then you need to be able to make decisions, 
right? So, so, so to me, we go to, we find principles that we say, Hey, let's explore this principle. And sometimes, yeah, it's like me. I just prefer certain things. There's certain things that me and Molly totally disagree on and how we should do our family. So we try to get to like <laughs> principles that we both agree on. Some of which we, we don't ever fully agree on, but it's like, okay, appropriateness is one that we are always back and forth on. Cause I come from a very like extreme, proper, a proper uh-huh. appropriate family. And I'm not that appropriate, but but I definitely have things that I don't like that yeah. Molly is like totally fine with. Right. <laughs> and so, and so it's funny, it's finding that principle that, okay, so what is, what is really the baseline, my version of appropriateness, your version, but appropriateness, we could say it does have a place in our family. Where are the lines we both can agree on? And then we can talk about those things. And then, and then also having that conversation, a lot of parents, I think what we do is we decide and then we deliver, okay, this is how we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like what you did where it's like, Hey, uh, cleanliness actually brings value. Let's try it out. Let's see how you feel. Right. And let's do it together. I love that. And when we say like, let's just see what it feels like. And I'll sometimes help her because it is so overwhelming because it's so messy, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, okay, let's turn on music. Let's make it fun. Like all the things. Right. And she does often say, I do feel better. Like, or I'm I'm going to bed easier. I'm waking up easier. I'm whatever. Um, so it is finding those moments, but being for me consistent at yeah. it and the appropriateness, like there's so many things as a single parent that I can try over here for one week mm-hmm. and then it's a week off. Right. Yeah. And it's totally different. Not totally, but totally. there's different things yeah. happening yeah. over with their dad. We parent different, yeah. but like we co-parent, but there's different things right. there. Yeah. And some, I, I was telling a friend this today, sometimes when they're mad at me, they tell me all the things they hate about me. Right. And mm-hmm. they're like, you're too Christian and you're too, th-. and I'm like, I don't even go to church. Like, <laughs> why am I being compared to your dad? Like, yeah. we're not that different. Right. Um, but I'm so boring compared, but I'm not. And when they're loving, they're like, oh, I love this. And I'm that safe space for them. And they're sharing and opening up. But when they're mad, they're mean Yeah. girls use their words and they hurt me. So, um, to be conscious in those moments for me is important because I, I want them to know that I'm still that parent for them Yeah. and he can still be that parent for them. I have started writing in my journal more and I, it is something I used to say, I would never want my kids to find my journals because I journal the heart mm-hmm. and I want them to see that now. I want them to know that even when things were fun and we're going skating every Wednesday, like I'm hurting and I'm trying over here and I'm under a lot of pressure trying to do it on my own. I want them to know that they may not know that for a long time. Yeah. Um, but that's one conscious thing that I'm trying to do. It's like, I want them to see that I'm human. I want them to see that it's hard for me, but not to put that pressure on them to like, now show up as an adult because it's hard for me. No, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I just want to have that discussion. I want to have the connection. Um, the fact that you guys do the Sunday thing and it's not a, t- let me teach you, which is, that's how, yeah. and that's even how we started parenting mm-hmm. in the beginning was like, we know, mm-hmm. we know the way yeah. we have all these years. We have all this experience when in reality, they have a lot to bring to the table. A lot of times they see the world differently and, and have very different experiences that they can share sometimes that don't always line up, but it does open my eyes a little to like, Oh, this is what they are seeing based on my behavior. Yeah. It's more of a, like, let's learn together. Let's grow together, which is conscious. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's it's way an more effort. connecting. Yeah. No easy button. No. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I know. What, honey, you you kind of grew up with that more perfectionistic model. Like you you were told you were perfect. Like you you yeah. kind of like you were really good, naturally good person mm -hmm. growing up. And and I know some of that was religious based, but some of that was just personality based too. Yeah. Um, so how did you, how, how would you say that, that you kind of have moved from the perfectionism of needing to be a perfect parent, perfect mom, perfect wife to where you sit now, as far as being the, what's the difference between the perfect versus the conscious? Um, mm. the perfect is exhausting. Yeah. Cause you, you never, enough. you never get there. So mm. you always have to come up with something new, something better, do it bigger, mm. And you beat yourself up. And I think as Matt and I have each done our own individual work, like work going inwards, mm -hmm. um, coming to love ourselves. I think you show up as a, a better person in all your relationships and, um, you allow grace mm -hmm. for your kids and remember that they're not perfect either. And when you place those little labels, even in yeah. a subconscious way, it, they have a way of sticking even the really good ones. Yeah. Like you said, you're perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you got the I pressure agree. of being yeah. perfect all the time. I mean, yeah, I know, Ashley, I know you well enough to know that you, <laughs> you can relate to that a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Like it's kind of a big deal to go from, I mean, everyone in my family, oh, she's the golden child mm -hmm. to like, actually, this is me. Mm -hmm. And it's not so golden in the world's standards, some world standards, but in mine, it's the best version of me. Yeah. And I love me more now than ever. Can you love me more now than ever? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, for some, yeah, for some, no, <laughs> and that's okay. Well, I even like the word, like, if you go look at where, where we often get this perfectionism is, is somewhat from the Christian model of, of doing things, but, but I actually like what one of the leaders of our church that we left said it, it talks about what the word perfection means which is tele it comes from the the root teleios which is a distant whole and so it, it was never about mm. um missing or have being errorless it was rather always about filling a wholeness or becoming whole um and and so to me what that it's still a journey towards that wholeness with my kids are they sexually you know sexually do they understand themselves mm -hmm. you know uh emotionally do they understand how to feel and be okay with feeling which which is not something i naturally was really good yeah. empathy was not like molly was like years you're like you do not know how to be empathetic and i didn't like, either yeah. <laughs> and so and so th those are all things that make me a whole man a whole father and make my kids on so under so looking at all those things and saying we're not we're not striving towards perfectionism we're just we're striving towards wholeness which is re the requiring of me to see where there's gaps where there's um weakness or or powerlessness mm. and say oh that 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 could be done a different way what let's explore that and then that's where the family unit to me becomes really powerful because my kids see things in me all the time that I don't see, you know, and, and they, and sometimes we do it in a razzy way or we have yes. fun with each other, you know, um, you know, I, I was, we were skating the other day and I, I was trying to help. And Matt's a good skater. I, I was trying to tell Nick, I was like, so if you want to really skate, well, you want, you want to kind of dance to the music. And he's like, well, dad, that would require you to be a good dancer. <laughs> <laughs> 
so we do have fun, right? Like, it's not like it's all seriousness. Consciousness is not all seriousness. In fact, I found that the more conscious I am, the more laughter there's room for. Yeah, because right? you can be you. Yeah, but because none of us are holding up the standard towards ourselves. And when we show up with weakness, sometimes it's appropriate to call each other out, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've called my sons, hey, you're manipulating right now, Yeah. right? Or I've asked them. And so, my kids have said the same thing. Yeah, to me, to you, right? <laughs> when they start yeah. calling you out on what you taught, you're like, okay, well, yeah. they're listening. Yeah. 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 And so, so to be, you know, or, or to say, hey, hey, you know, uh, Benny, with what you're doing right now, are, are you, are you trying to be effective or are you trying to manipulate me into doing what you want? Because if you want to be effective, then can we, can we talk about that? Mm. And, and so I think it's good to have that to me, that's what boundaries are. Boundaries are about connecting, not separating. Yeah. Boundaries are about saying, this is who I am. I still want a relationship. Yeah. yeah. When you come in here, this is who I am. You can now touch me because you know where I start and end versus this place of uh, where, who are you or whatever you want, kid. I just want to make you happy, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, so it's like, there's places like Mo- Molly still will go to three different restaurants to get her kids food. Like I would prefer not to do that, but for her, I have heard her say that a lot. I'm like. You are better than me. Well, you know, so now you can order everything on the phone. So I'm like, it's true. Order pickup. Yeah. And so, so like, to me, it's like, there's certain things where it's like, okay, there definitely needs to be a boundary. And then we just operate differently in how and we, that's okay. and, and there's room. So it's like, what's the principle? Okay. The principle, that's not one worth fighting over. It's okay. Sometimes if they each get their way and it's other times where it's like, Hey, you know what, tonight, this is what's on the table. If you don't like that, then you can make yourself food or you can go yep. to bed hungry. So, um, yeah, so I think that's the, that's the cool thing is that we're, we're doing this together. This is not, I'm teaching you and you should follow me. We're, we're in this together, which leads to a place where when your kids start to become 15, 16, 17 things around, you know, whether it's pornography or sexuality or, or all these big decisions, we're now preparing, we're, we're, we're giving them allowance to be exposed to those things and maybe even explore some things, right. Mm -hmm. And saying the exploration is good in that it helps you develop who you are. Exploration. It reminds me of Lucy recently Uh who we told she could not pierce her nose, Uh but I said, it's not a no forever. Like, let's talk about it when you're 16. Yeah. But even in our divorce decree, we said no body piercings without both parents on board. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got really specific because we know our kids would (laughs) use us both to get what they want. Right. Like, yeah. And so I just said, I know that both of us would be willing to talk about this, but not right now. Well, guess what she did? <laughs> she had a professional in <laughs> middle school, uh, some girl who brought a, a piercing gun to school. They pierced her nose in the bathroom. Lucy passed out and threw up Oh boy! and the placement wasn't the best. And so Kobe had um, her that week. So he picked her up and he had her call me and say, Hey, this is what's going on. I got, I came home from school, did all these things, but the coolest part was not that she pierced her nose and did not obey. It's the conversation that happened between all of us, including Ellie, our youngest virtually. I wasn't there. I wasn't there to be a part of that in-person happening, but we talked about why why it mattered to us, why it mattered to her, why she didn't feel safe enough to come and just say, I'm going to do it anyway, yeah. you know, take me somewhere where it's okay. Um, so we ended up not giving her uh, consequences because mm-hmm. the, the conversation around it, she owned it. Like yeah. that was really dumb. And I already had some bad consequences. She took out the piercing. 
and said, we'll do it a different time. Um, I got a lot of backlash for that. Like you didn't give her consequences for not doing like going against everything, but I, I mean, I couldn't share the connection that was made after, but yeah. even for Ellie, our youngest to see her making a, a decision that was against what we had agreed on, but then walking through it and have, it was just, it was a really good and hard situation um, that Kobe and I both agreed. Like, I'm really glad that happened, even though it was horrible. Like she clearly went against everything and, and paid the price, but it was kind of funny too. Well, well that like what you just said there, like it was horrible. And yet it, like if it, we want, it's almost <laughs> like we have to say it was horrible because she disobeyed and she did the thing yeah. that hurt herself and made her sick and, and all this stuff. Was and, that was horrible. <laughs> and, and, and what we're doing in that moment is we're saying we're rejecting the reality, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we live so much of life is like rejecting. But, but to me, like sitting with your kid and going, okay, this was reality. You, you, you pierced your nose. Mm -hmm. um, she passed out and threw up. So she had natural consequences. She totally did. Yeah. And, and it hurt. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, the reality is this was beautiful. Like yeah. this led to some important conversations and so much. And I think that's where that old model of, of, of mistakes and sins and, and all this was, it puts us in a place where we're constantly in like, what did I do a bad thing or a good thing? Like, am I constantly bad or good? It's like, well, well, even the worst that we do is always a powerful teacher. And not that I encourage people to go do a bunch, make a bunch of mistakes, but, but if my kids feel safe, I like one of the things I appreciated about my son, he said the other day, he said, the thing I like about how y'all have taught us about alcohol and stuff, which very strong encouragements that they, they don't drink while they're young. And, and we've tried to explain to them why. Mm -hmm. And if they ever did that, like that's all there is to, is to call us yeah. and, and please do not drive and please do not ride with a friend, right? Like your life is too important to make those kind of mistakes. And so, so, and he's like, well, I like the way you've taught me. Cause if I ever did, I feel like I could just call you and you'd pick me up and it'd be fine. Yeah. To me, that is so much that's more <laughs> valuable than this other model of my kid hopefully never drinks, which I didn't, Molly didn't. So maybe he would have lived that life. But um, when we were kids, but, but, but if, if it, to me, I like the trust better. I like the safety that he feels to call me up and to say, yeah, Hey, this is, I got a problem. I got a challenge here. That to me, I love is, that. Is well, and it's, I remember hearing stories of like, I did the thing and didn't dare call my parent right. because you're too scared. Yeah. The consequence is so bad or the disappointment for me, I didn't necessarily get a lot of consequences. I got the disappointment of yeah. my parents. And that was like, oh, that's so heavy. I can't handle yeah. that. And so I love that. And um, that right there is not using the easy button of saying, you know, the world says you can't until you're 21 or religion says you should never. Right. It's like, this is why mm -hmm. it's the why yeah. and, and more of your moral code for your family. Yeah. And I'm living my life the best I can, but I can't live your life the best you can. Yeah. I'm not, I, I, I don't know what you're supposed to go through. I don't know what mistakes you're supposed to make. I got kicked out of skip count, right? <laughs> I was supposed to go through that, right? I don't know if you're supposed to get kicked out. Apparently not because none of them are in Scott. So, but, <laughs> right. So those lessons to me, we, we take our mistakes and call them bad when in, when in reality, mistakes are part of the journey. Yeah. And yes, some mistakes have bigger consequences than others. I've told my, this, this scares parents, but I've told my kids, you know what, if you get a girl pregnant, we'll deal with it. Yep. 
Do I, do I want you to get a girl pregnant? No. Do I think that should be the walk of your life? No. But if that you are powerful enough to take the consequences and the decisions that you make, what does that mean? If he gets a girl pregnant, what's happening? He's going to talk to me about that. And we're going to deal with that. Do I want him dealing with that by himself? No. Or what? Is no. it? And the truth is psychology shows that when we try to control, that's when they tend to fight back. That's when they become more rebellious. Well, I think when we try to control our kids, what we're telling them is we don't trust you, yeah. that you trust yourself, that you can actually make mm. Which is our biggest superpower. Yeah. 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 I love that. That's such a simple, yeah. When we can give them some freedom to make good and bad decisions. Yeah. Because one day they're going to be on their own. And if you haven't helped demonstrate and teach that along the way, then they don't, they don't know how to do it. And I think of, well, how do I want to cultivate my home now while they're still there? So Mm -hmm. they want to come back and visit. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Cause they don't just, and you have boys. Up. I know. So they're going to be with their girls family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, know. I just have to be a super cool in-law. <laughs> you are, <laughs> you guys are going to have all the in-law girls there, like loving it. So we hope they feel comfortable. And I think this point that Molly just made is, is we just did a whole podcast on this topic, but I think, you know, I'll let the cat out of the bag of the podcast, but it's, it's this idea that the, the challenge with teaching your kids only or primarily focused obedience mm-hmm is that obedience requires someone to tell you what to obey. So obeying means do this, I do it, and I obeyed, right? So there was an alignment with what somebody else told me to do versus trust. Um, and I think this is one of the great, you know, I actually had someone recently ask me, you know, my, my, my child has also left the church that, that we were a part of, um, and, and I, I still love them. And I said, well, I think loving them is great, but do you still trust them? Mm. Do they feel your trust? Trust is such a powerful tool in, in building relationships. And so for anybody who's, who's a parent and, and, or has a friend, do you, do you love them or do you trust that they know their journey best? Because that's the empowerment that they need to go live their best life. And I know when I was in the, in the church and I saw someone leave, I didn't trust that they were making, I love them, but I did not trust that they were doing the right thing. Right. And so it's like, it's like, I had that even in my former marriage. Yeah. Like, Oh, you're leaving. Mm -hmm. You're definitely not going to know how to live your life. Yeah, I don't trust that at all. Well, well, I think when you place all your decisions on like strict obedience to Mm -hmm. a a set of rules that you didn't really weren't a part of deciding, then I think you create people who have a hard time taking ownership of the really good decisions they make in their life. And then maybe the mess up in the bad, yeah. it's easy to, it's just way easier silence to point all of them, right. Fingers. And then, then you end up not trusting yourself. So you can't take credit for what I did good. Right. Because I just did it good because I obeyed somebody, but I can't take credit for, but I can't own the stuff I did bad. Cause I'm ashamed of that. Yeah. So there's no real way to have a relationship with yourself in a model where obedience is the primary mechanism. Whereas if you allow for exploration decision, and then integrity, where I say, this is what my integrity, not integrity. Like I do what I say I'm going to do, but integrity, like I know who I am. And, 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 and you mentioned in my bio that I've studied happiness. And, and for me, like when my mom was, when I was a little kid, my mom said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, happy. Like, that's what I want to be. Like, I don't care how I get there, or what I do or whatever. I want to be happy. And to me, the formula for happiness is knowing who you are 
and living accordingly. And that's why you can do that in a religion like we came from. And there's mm-hmm. many people that do find some happiness. Some don't, some, some are not, some think they are, whatever. And, and, and you can find it in all different religions and no religions and atheists. Like happiness is a mechanism of doing what it is that you say you're going to do. Or do sorry, happiness is knowing who you are and then living in alignment because that alignment feels so good. Yeah. So I've loved all of this, but what I'm, I would love to like give you your last words, right. Of tips for parents or soon to be parents. But I mean, for me to sum up what you're saying is to slow down, Mm -hmm. to respond rather than react and get Mm -hmm. curious around our maybe expectations or control that we are having. Could you try again? (laughs) (laughs) Siri did not like that answer. Um, So let me try again. No, I just think to be the parent that all of us want to be, and maybe it's never going to be like, I'm killing it. I'm doing awesome. But a parent that I feel like I'm really trying to show up and I'm doing my best. It's doing our own work of who are we and what do we value and how can I live that show it rather than just tell them. Yes. 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 So last words, Molly, last words. Um, I would reiterate what you said. If you do your own work, you are able to show up in your role as a parent so much more beautifully because you will trust yourself that the steps will just, you won't know how to do everything Mm -hmm. beforehand, but trust that you'll know what to do when the moment arises. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's good. I think that's that's what I'm trying to learn most from Molly. It's her intuitive nature of, of parenting. It's powerful. Yeah, Women's really intuition. Yeah. It is no joke. Yeah. Um, I think I think for me it's just been, and it's actually been a very similar journey just in my relationship with Molly, is is that I think it's really easy to be here and have others here. Mm-hmm. Like that's an easy place to be. And sometimes we get that opportunity with the business or with different things. But trust happens here. When we're, like you're side by side. When we're mm-hmm. equal with each other. And that's the same for your kids. Mm-hmm. And, and there are times where your kids need you to be a leader. They need you to step up to make a decision. You know, sometimes they need to, you to figure out where we're going to dinner, right? Not yeah. ask them. But, but, but if we can spend enough time, you know, listen to them about their Minecraft game. Yes. Just, just listen to them. Just be there with them and just. That's your favorite thing to do. And sometimes I'm honest with them. I'm like, this is kind of boring. This one, can you tell me about a different game? Cause this one I'm like totally bored with, but, um, but I do it in a joking way, but, but there are times where I'm like, oh, okay. And why do you do that? What, why does that game work? Like ask what, like show them that don't just listen, but listen and interact mm-hmm. actively, listen. actively listen. Yeah. Actively listen. Phone so that down. They know that yeah. you're listening. And then, and that creates that trust so that when there's time to say, Hey, you know, it feels like that's maybe not working really well, or maybe your food, your, ba- your, your diet's a little bit out of line. Can we talk about that? That the harder things that they don't want to talk about, there's now space to go talk about those things so that we can all together potentially create a greater experience for their life. For sure. My I goal is it. to raise three good fathers is, is what I'm hoping for. And so, you know, if I can, if I can do my best to give them, um, you know, the seeds of what that takes and that becomes uh that's a win for me. So you're doing great. You're both doing great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you guys for um, being here and I'm excited for the podcast. We'll put the link in the show notes so you guys can run over and subscribe 
and hear them share their wise words in lots of different ways. Yeah. yeah. It's called out of control because we know that this is all out of control. <laughs> so aren't we all though? Yeah. You're owning it. Look at that yeah. ownership <laughs> right there. I love it. Um okay. Until next time. Thanks, Ashley. It's great. Yeah. Thanks for being here with me today, whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time. Until next time, be the buffalo.